control, took my birth control the same time every night, and then February 23rd, found out I was pregnant. Hey, <laughs> the champ is here. I the said, champ is here. I said, I asked the doctor, I said, Welcome to Natasha Denise Surviving Ish Podcast, where we talk about what life is really like after kids. We all see the picture perfect family photos on Facebook the pregnant, glowing mama-to-bees on Insta, and of course, the gorgeous babies all over social media that have a lot of us saying, oh, I want one of those. Well, I end up having three of those, and I must admit that I'm a little traumatized. Join me and weekly guests to discuss the wider picture of parenting. While we may not agree on a lot of things, I'm sure we can all admit that sometimes this parenting-ish just sucks. At the end of each episode, I'm going to share one of my STs, which stands for surviving as tools. And it's basically me sharing something that I feel has benefited me along my parenting journey. It could be a product, a business, or someone I think you should follow, etc. I'm not endorsed by anyone, so these are just truly suggestions from the heart. And also make sure to tune in to the end to hear about upcoming episodes. Follow me on Instagram at Natasha Denise underscore surviving ish. And my surviving ish.com website is coming soon. Today's podcast is appropriately titled Surviving Dre, who is the mother of Tyree, affectionately known as Ty, who she had at the age of 17, 18 years old. Dre is easily one of the dopest people and mothers I've ever met. She's funny, a straight shooter, she's a traveler at heart and in the world, and just one of those girlfriends you want to have in your circle. Dre is a boy mom of two sons, and her youngest son happens to be my son's best friend. If you haven't seen my Instagram post where my three-year-old daughter looks like she's about to fight both boys, her son is the one with the shocked look on his face. Anywho, Dre has an interesting parenting style, particularly in her methods of teaching her boys life lessons. Raised in the 90s, let's see how many of you can relate. Let's get to it. How old were you when you had Ty? And then what was the situation around, you know, him and his existence? February 23rd, 1996. <laughs> I found out that I was pregnant with this little bundle of joy that I had. And what makes Ty so special is because three months before that, I was pregnant and I got an abortion. Mm. And how old were you though? I was 17. Okay. And it was like right before my senior year, the summer before my senior year, I, got, I found out I was pregnant. I was in denial. I waited until I was like 20 weeks and I got an abortion. And then I got on birth control, took my birth control same time every night. And then February 23rd, found out I was pregnant. Hey, <laughs> the champ is here. I the said, champ is here. I said, I asked the doctor, I said, how do I get pregnant? And they was like, <clears throat> You must have had an allergic reaction. I said, I'm not allergic to nothing. <laughs> Literally, I'm not allergic to nothing. And they was like, well, it's only 99.9091, something like that. Mm -hmm. He was that special one. So I was like, 
God, the universe must want me to have this baby, so come on. <laughs> so clearly he was determined to be here from, from jump. Right. So then uh, I hid my pregnancy for six months. <clears throat> 17. Right. You were a senior in high school. Right. And there's something else that you did during this time. You were a... I was a... I ran track and a cheerleader. <laughs> but you were a star athlete. Like, you were just average. I mean, I was kind of average, but... Uh, oh, yeah. You kind of fat. And who who is you running up against that you oh, love people God. to bring up? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I ran track in L.A., and I was league and city champ and third in the state of California, and I kept running up against drug star oh Marion Jones. <clears throat> Marion, I didn't say it if you come across this podcast, but okay. So. I always said she was on drugs, by the way. <laughs> oh, Lord. But anyway, so I, I hid my pregnancy for six months. I ran track with him until I was about five months. Did I you tell your... Your no. boyfriend at the time. Oh, I told him right when I got when I found out I was pregnant. I was like, "We pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> Period. Okay. Point blank. So, um, the last last track meet I had, I won. I ran a hundred, and I felt like I had asthma because I was like, <gasps> and I was like, "Okay, Tyree, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna run no more." So I retired like Allen Iverson. <laughs> I had a retirement party and everything, and um, I had scholarships to like 23 schools, and I turned all of them down, Um, not because I was pregnant, because I saw higher learning, and I was like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, you're not about to take my my scholarship, I'm going to go on my brain, so I went to Clark Atlanta University, I showed up eight months pregnant, his daddy flew out to Atlanta to be with me while I was pregnant. And I had Ty on 10-10-1996. He was was due on the 9th. He came on the 10th in Atlanta, Georgia. Nice. The the title of today's podcast is Surviving Dre. Now, how do you think your, I guess, upbringing affected your parenting? Hmm. Well, I never had a childhood. Um, my mom got married to this horrible person and when I was three and I'm the oldest, <laughs> I'm the oldest of five. And so when my mom had my first sister, I was seven. And so I began taking care of my siblings then. And my stepfather was horrible. He was abusive and my mom was always at work. She was a nurse. So she never really saw anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I turned it, I was 11 years old when I got taken out of my home and put in foster care. Okay. I was in foster care for about six months, and then my grandparents came and got me, and then I was raised by both sides of my grandparents, <clears throat> maternal and uh, paternal. And I just said when I when the universe wouldn't let me out in them streets when I was 18, because I was about to be out in them Atlanta streets, <laughs> they was like, hold up. So I just said that... My goal in life was to make sure that my children had the most awesome childhood. And I just made sure that while Ty was growing up, I mean, you know, they always want to grow up fast. And I'd be like, stay a kid as long as possible. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe me. Now he do. <laughs> That's true for sure. Still at 17, finding out that you were pregnant. Other than shocked. Because you asked the doctors, how did this happen? But once you got past that part, how did you feel? 
actually, being pregnant with Ty was cool. I didn't have morning sickness. I was, I just went through life. Um, I only hid my pregnancy because I didn't want to. I felt that I would disappoint my grandparents. Okay. But when they found out, they was like, "You want something to eat?" <laughs> so they were supportive. So, they, they didn't was, make you feel shameful. Matter of fact, my grandmother said, why didn't you tell me? And I said, I just wanted you to see that I got accepted to school before I told you. Mm-hmm. And I had my head down. And she was like, raise your head up. She was like, a baby don't stop no show. You be proud of what you are and what you're doing and have that baby and finish school and do that thing. I was like, all right. And so we kept it moving. But um, as far as having him, I was excited. I I didn't take too many pictures while I was pregnant because I still don't take pictures. <laughs> I always live in the moment. Right, right. And so, um, but I have a few pictures of my pregnancy, but um, I was excited. I didn't feel like I would be missing out on it. I just, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, by the time he's 18, I would be 36. Now, I was mad that I was having a boy. I lost the bet. <laughs> so that's why Tyree has his name because I lost the bet. Wow. So, I have only heard you say you do not want to have girls. So, were you hoping for a girl? Well, yeah. When I was younger, I thought, you know, I was like, you have a girl, you know. I was going to, I had it all planned out. She was never going to have Barbies and dolls and all that. I was like, hell no. She's going to have a briefcase and she's going she gonna to be a businesswoman. That's what she's going to be. She's going to be out there collecting checks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. But then... We found out Tyree was a boy. Mm-hmm. He showed it proud, too, in that ultrasound. <laughs> I'm not going to ask any more questions His legs about that. wide open. <laughs> he was like, look at me. <laughs> he um, wasn't hiding. <laughs> so, Tyree, we're going to switch it over to you. Um, You're... How when? would you describe your childhood experience? <laughs> like, like, mom, like, mom's really just... She did everything like a child would want. So we went to like the fair, carnival, amusement rides, the beach all the time. Like she did everything like a kid would want. We went to the park, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So it was it was pretty firm, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really know anything else. It was me and her all the time. So and then going back and forth from my dad to her house. It was like kind of routine. But uh, also when uh, Tyree was really, really young, I was in the music business. So him going back and forth to his father was because I would go on tour and um, overseas or sometimes in the country, but mostly overseas. So I wouldn't be gone more than six weeks. I would only take contracts where I would be back in six weeks. And then one tour... (laughs) I was going with Montel Jordan, and it was a little bit longer than six weeks. And I told his dad, I said, I feel bad. And he was like, no, don't feel bad. This is what you always wanted to do. Go, He's with me. Go ahead and go. So I was like, all right. And then Tyree, he he loved it when I would come back. And that's why he's talking about we would go do things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he would he would go to the studio with me, and he would go to award shows and stuff like that. So he got to meet a lot of his people and then I was just being real with him because he was little so I never wanted him to think TV was real so I always be like this is fake and then I would take him to work and I would show him see this is how they make their music 
see, right. this is how the movies are made. And then he would be like, oh, okay. So he never really got, like most five-year-olds, they'd be like, oh, that's real. He was, he was like, nah, that's fake. <laughs> <laughs> so he was out setting the schoolyard straight, like, nah, that's not what it is. Yep. Wasn't you, Tyra? I believe wrestling was real, though. <laughs> I did believe wrestling was real. Honestly, I don't know I was, what little boy didn't. I don't. Yeah, facts. I don't. I don't. It wasn't a concept. It wasn't a concept for me to think wrestling was fake because ain't no way you was punching people that hard. Yeah, nah. Now, Dre, you do have another son. How old is he? Six. So he's six years old. I started um, all over. <laughs> and one thing that I do notice with him is that it feels like you're always um, cognizant of teaching him lessons. Mm -hmm. um, and the TV thing, were you the same way with um, Ty? With Ty, yes. And and in what ways do you remember? Or maybe Ty should be asking. Ty you should be asking actually. questions. Did um, I teach you lessons growing up? Do you remember any examples specifically? Don't mention the girls. Ah, <laughs> oh. Talk about it all. Um, can we cuss? Yes. No. I yeah. Mama. I can't. Yeah. The 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 main thing I remember about my mom, or the main lesson that I carry today. Oh. Fuck them. That's the main thing. I'm gonna let you slide for that. Ex explain that. Oh, basically it. They don't want to mess with you. They don't like you. They only want to be around you for a little bit or they, whatever, whatever. If they don't want to be a part of your life, then, then forget them. And that you know was just saying? anybody in, anybody. anybody that's anybody. Girls, that's whatever. family members, friends, girls, anybody, teachers, anybody. It don't matter. And how old do you remember being when, when she tried to instill, like, don't care oh, about what other people five. Oh, I God. was five. I told him straight up. For he, sure. Because I was in the neighborhood trying to be friends with everybody, and I just got a new bike, and everybody wanted to see my new bike, and I was kind of getting mad because people were riding my bike. And basically, I was like, Mom, why don't nobody want to be my friend without, well, when I don't have my bike? Right. And then she was just like, if nobody wants to be friends with you, then I told straight up, fuck them. <laughs> if I was, yeah. young, I was like, fuck them. If they don't want to be your friend. But there was a specific reason why you felt the need to teach him that at such a young age with all seriousness. What was that? What was going on? Because Ty is a Libra, so he always wanted people to be his friends. He would feel very bad when people didn't like him, and he was wondering why. And he would be trying his hardest for them to be their friend. And I was just... My point of view is like, oh my God, if you find a female, they're going to take full advantage of them. Because <laughs> he's going to be like, what you want? What you need? I got this. I got that. I mean, he he really, it really affected him personally if you didn't want to be his friend. And I just wanted him to have the utmost confidence to let him know that he's the prize, not everybody else. So, And I wanted him to know that he adds to other people's lives. So if they don't want to be your friend, fuck them. You don't need them in your life. If they don't see what I see in you, they don't need to be part of your life. So if he was five, you were around 22 at this time. Yeah. Um, or were you just naturally like, nah, you don't like me, I don't like you. I'm an Aries, so I don't give a fuck. 
I don't. I I really don't. If you don't want, I I ghost my own friends sometimes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I I I will disappear on you very quickly. No explanation. So I've always been like that. Um, but I thought it was very important to teach my son at a young age because I just saw through his eyes, mm-hmm. I can see heartbreak when people didn't want to be his friend. It really affected him. And it affected you, obviously. Yeah, it affected me. Even now as an adult, you know, when he was going through his things, like when he was pledging, I was like... F them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if they don't want you to be a part of their organization, they don't even look. Anybody can get it, basically. Yeah, anybody can get it. Like, is they not that important? <laughs> so, Ty, how old are you right now? 25. Um, how close are you to? This is extremely close. Ain't nothing I can't tell my mama. And that was another lesson that I taught him. I think he was... I think it was five, four or five. Man, five is a whole year. You learned a lot. Right. I taught him another lesson because he swapped. So he was supposed to be in bed. He was in his bunk bed. And he was playing with money because he loved money. He still loved money. (laughs) And he swallowed a penny when he heard me coming in the room. Oh, my God. He was so scared to tell me that he swallowed this penny. I'm like, what's wrong? He like. Yeah, I'm like, what's wrong? And he wouldn't, and like, I'm panicking. I'm like, what's wrong? Do I need, like, he would not tell me. And I was like, do I need to take him to, take you to the hospital? Because he like, like. Right. And I'm like, okay. I don't care what you do. I was like, I don't care what you do, no matter what. As long as you tell me the truth Mm -hmm. and you come to me first, you're not going to get in trouble. I don't care if you murder somebody. If you come and tell me the truth, you will not you will not get an ass whooping. You might get on punishment, but right. you're not gonna get an ass. That's basically what I told him. I told him that at three. So I was like, just tell me the truth, and it's been tested because even he did some stuff growing up, and mm-hmm. he was like, I don't want to tell you. I was like, right. <laughs> and then he told me, and I had to follow through with my promise. So right. this is promise from when he was three years old till now if you tell me the truth because i can't help you if i don't know the truth right if i don't know both sides then i can't i can't maneuver like if you tell me what really happened then i can say okay so nobody can come at me and say well ty did this i know he did it next Mm. okay (laughs) and i'm still fighting for him right so what's next so the lying because when they're little as toddlers i mean that's another side of intelligence when they know how to lie because they know i'm gonna get in trouble if i tell the truth that's their first go-to is i'm a lie so i don't get in trouble Mm -hmm. but if they have that reassurance if you tell me because you're building trust with your child like this is a trust that me and him have that it's hard to get with, with your, your children. And it's intentional. That's your it's point. And it's you made intentional. It intentional. It's intentional. So no matter what, how embarrassing, what you think you failed at, if you tell me the truth, mm-hmm. then I got your back. I feel like there's a lot of parents kind of lost in that, trying to figure out how they can connect with their child on a deeper level, especially mm-hmm. when they hit like 13, 14, 15 you know, and, and beyond. They feel like there's only certain things I can talk to you about now at this age, but that's something that you had to reinforce on a regular basis. But I do like what you said. You said I basically had to show you like, that I'm that I'm that this is how 
is going to be. Like, you had to... Right, I should give you anything. Ty. What's up? Tell the story of when you was in junior high. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So he was 13. Yeah, I had a I had a girl uh, call me in the... <laughs> In the music closet, to uh, I didn't know at the time, but to receive uh, Palacio, <laughs> and uh, at school, and I, at school, I came home with a with a hickey on my neck, and my mom was mad. She said, "What are you doing with a hickey on your neck? What are you doing?" And what I asked you, and you was like, "You got to tell me the truth." No, I said I went straight up to her. I said, "Did she suck your dick?" Straight oh yeah, facts. Wow. And he was like, "Yeah." And then I was like, "I was like, uh, what made you jump to that?" Because no female at that age is gonna mark their territory unless they didn't did something. Wow. <laughs> were you like, were you shocked that she asked you that? No. <laughs> Why weren't you shocked? My mom was so look, me and my mom relationship, I take it I take it further back than that. When I was in the first grade, I we had some uh we had some girls that was caught in the bathroom kissing each other. <laughs> right? And I came home and I she said, What happened at school today? And you know, every day and I was like, some girls was caught in the bathroom being gay. And she was like, What is being gay? And I was like, you know, mom, you know, being gay. <laughs> And she was like, do you know what that means? I was like, yeah, you know. Being gay. <laughs> and so my mama, my mama broke down the whole the whole shindig, the birds and the bees, the, you know, being gay, all that. She broke it down. And I'm five, six years old, first grade. Wow. She broke it down. And I was going to ask you that, so we can just go ahead and jump about the whole birds and the bees, like straight, like sex conversation. So... Did that get a little bit deeper as you got older, or do you feel like she laid it all out when you were six? Laid it all out when I was six. It got deep. Wait a minute. It got deeper. It got deeper when you got older. It didn't get deeper. It was kind of just like at that point, it's like when I started having it, then it's just like you know, asking asking questions, like you know, what I'm saying. Can I go to? Can you take me to the store so I can get you know saying stuff like that? So you can get. Oh, he made that hole. But oh, okay. But what I'm saying is, you can teach lessons, but it's gonna go above their head if it's no. I taught them at six. I taught them the proper names of of everything, like gay, gay. No, like penis, vagina, intercourse. You know. when he said being gay, he said, you know, two girls kissing. And I was like, well, that's not necessarily being gay. I was like, well, you kiss your daddy. And he was like, that's different. That's daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my mom and my grandmother, they told me, well, see what he know and then explain to him what what happened. Because a lot of, a lot, the two things that I think that I was fearful of, of him being kidnapped or being molested. Because mm-hmm. little boys get molested too. Exactly. Probably far more than we know, but they don't say anything. Absolutely. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that since he was so friendly, because mm-hmm. I was talking about if he got kidnapped, to start cussing the hell out of them and they're going to let him go. <laughs> don't nobody want no badass kid. <laughs> 
Wait, so that was another lesson. That's another lesson. Because he'll be going up to random people, and then he'll be like with a dog or something. They'll be like, come here, you can play. I was like, all right, you can't get kidnapped. Don't be falling for that. Oh, my goodness. He'll just be going up to random people with dogs. I said, Lord, this guy's going to get kidnapped one day. (laughs) Talking to strangers. So I was like, if somebody ever grabs you, just start cussing the hell out of them. They ain't going to take no little badass kids. So... No, but I had explained to him when he was six, and as he got older, if he had questions, like when he got that, I was like, mm-hmm. in, in the music closet, I was like, let me see. He was like, well, she asked me. I said, well, he was like, she wrote me a letter. I had to talk to him. That came to a point, not just about the sex part, but it also had to come on uh, race because she was a, a Caucasian young lady. Mm-hmm. And he's black. We had to talk about that. Because mm. there was real um, consequences to that if they would have got caught. What if she would have said, oh, he made me do it. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And sure enough, later that year, he got accused of... Mm. Um, he poked a little girl in the chest with one finger. And um, they brought charges against him, felony sexual assault, felony uh, child abuse, felony uh, uh, felony assault, sexual assault and felony assault, which is rape for wow. a poke. So, wow. um, and he told me what happened, the, the truth of what happened, and you know, I had to hire the best lawyer, it took $10,000, but we was fighting. <laughs> Do you remember the initial lesson about the the incident in the closet, do you remember her talking to you about race, not just about the sex part? Do you remember that part? Well, yeah, I remember it, and I and I kind of knew, because, like, you know, coming where my great-grandparents is from, one's from Detroit, the other one's from Alabama, you know what I mean? So, like, I said, during Martin Luther King Day and stuff, I used to sit down and talk to them. My great grandfather had to walk to school twelve miles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He had a cross burning in his in his lawn. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So I already I already kind of knew like you know there's a there's a difference yes. when it comes to us, especially when it comes to like when you say you know, us, are you talking about black males in particular? Okay. Facts, black males in particular. You know when it comes like. Especially when it comes to like sex allegations and stuff like that, so, and that's that's a that's a thing I I cared about in school though, like just being in school, hearing the history lessons. You know, when it comes to Black History Month, I didn't want to talk about the slavery, and, and then so just I used to remember just like the descriptions they used to use of us of how we are as a people, or, or how Black men are supposed to be. What do you mean? Like, you know, uh, horn craze, uh, ruthless savages, you know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be that type of people. Mm. So, like, every Martin Luther King holiday, um, when you know, the kids are off, right? So I would have him, I'd be like, mm-hmm, it's not an off day, we're going to learn something today. So growing up, he would have to interview my grandparents, and they would tell him stories about black history. And then we would we would watch Eye on the Prize, and this is from when he was little, from kindergarten to they passed away when he was seven. So, wow. yeah. 
So the lessons also extend into to history lessons. Just oh, we we was big history. Black history. No, we was big history um, enthusiast. Yes, um, I was a history buff, but. I, when I was younger, I always thought that white spaces, well, they had the better schools, they had the better, better neighborhoods, and so, uh, when you're in that environment, when you have a, a black child in that environment, and like he said, they're, they're talking about race, and this is before they would politely say the N-word, they would just say the word nigger, right? And so when he would come home You're talking about as you were at school, up or him? no him. Okay. And so when he would come home from school and he would be like, Well, this is what we learned, what we what have you and then I would give him facts about the other side of history. Like when he was learning about the Revolutionary War, I was like Cypress Addicts was the first person that um that was killed and then we would talk about ben Benjamin Banneker and all these and he would raise it so I gave him armor to me to combat that because he was like one of maybe two black people in the classroom mm -hmm. and that would make you feel small if the only thing you heard was mm -hmm. what he just said so he would raise his hand and try to give facts and then the teacher we had a parent teacher conference uh conference and she was like he's disrupting the class and i was like how is he disrupting the class if he's giving you facts about history during that time period and letting his classmates know, hey, it's more to our story than what you learn in these books. Right. And so I said, if anything, you should be asking him to give you a history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always up at his school. Ain't that right, Tyra? This is a fact. <laughs> mm -hmm. But this, this is, is a not fact. that you appreciate it. Like, did you ever feel embarrassed? Keep it real. Is there any time where you felt embarrassed that your mom stepped in and you was like, why can't she just chill? Like, did you ever have those moments? Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you remember sport, anything? Sport, sport games is the worst. <laughs> sport games is the worst. I was your number one cheerleader, boy. I had to make sure you heard she me. Is the, she is the smallest person, but is the loudest person. <laughs> what sport did you play? Uh, football and basketball. Basketball is even worse because it's eight a.m. and she's loud, and we just we just woke up. You know what I'm saying? We try to block, play the game. She's screaming, "Wake up, wake up!" You know what I'm saying? Uh, football. I mean, I play Texas fo football, so I, even in those loud stadiums, she's loud. I can hear her cussing out the ref, all type of stuff. Don't, oh, don't let me get hurt. <laughs> Don't let me get hurt. It's come on, you got it. I didn't push that strong head for nothing. You be all right, get up, walk it off. I'm like, yo, I'm really hurt. <laughs> I can't breathe right now. You talking about walk it off. What is going on? I was at every practice and every game. Not practice. Yes. Not at practice? Wasn't I at practice? It was at practice for a little bit. You know oh, what I'm saying? Goodness. Not the whole season though. But, but definitely in the but definitely in the beginning, she wanted people to know her. And I talked to coaches. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Oh man. So no one could ever second guess who your number one supporter has always been. And Facts. Road Dogs is ninety six. <laughs> Tyree, would you be classified as a mama's boy by any of your girlfriends? Uh I don't know, maybe. But I don't feel like I'm a mama's boy. 
What's your definition of a mama's boy? Like a mama's boy is like clingy and like can't do anything without their mom and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And like can't be too far away from my mom. Can't can't you know gotta always be in close proximity to their mothers. Like that's what I feel like mama boys are. Me, I'm not that type of way with my mom. Yes, my mom. Me and my mom have a great relationship. I call her every day. Every day. I call her every day. And get mad when I don't answer the phone. Facts, because what else are you doing besides being my mother? So, yeah, I call wait, wait, I call wait, her wait. every Can day. You just say what but, else are you doing besides being my mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, facts. Okay, okay continue. <laughs> yeah, but even though we do that, my mom's been away. I've been my mom's been away from Houston what five years now. Six, going on seven. Six, yeah, six years now. Mm-hmm. My mom's been away from Houston. I probably see my mom like twice a year, okay. maybe three times. Well, he moved out at 17 and a half because he graduated you know at 17 and a half, and he's never been home since. Well, moved back home right. since. So, was, that, so was that purposeful? Like, were you just... Nah, it just like, uh, to me, like, I know it's an option to go back home, but like, there's no need, you know what I'm saying? My mom's equipped me with the tools to be able to stay by myself and to be able to handle my own business. So, you better stay that time. Yeah, so like it was no, it was no need to go back home. Like, really, no, no, no. I think people who go back home like are just not ready to be by themselves. Mommy was a single parent, so a lot of the times, like especially when I was younger, it felt like I was home by myself because mommy was sleep. And you know, kids wake up, and mommy's don't. Hey, and mommy is the person not to wake up. She well, does not wake sleep. up like before sleep. before twelve o'clock. That is a no no. I'm good. So, man. I wake up at eight thirty. Is this one time? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that was a no no when I was growing up. So when I got up at eight seven thirty in the morning, I had to do it. I had to feed myself. I had to cut the TV on. Had to make sure you know what I'm saying. I brush my teeth and stuff like that. So. When I got older, it's, it's cool. I know how to wash my clothes, cook, you know what I'm saying, clean up the house, you know, so. Wow. So she raised you to be independent. And, you know, where some people give mama boys a bad rap because they can't move past their mom in a lot of ways. Like, she taught you all of the right things when it came to raising a young man. Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, I had to teach him how to cook because I said, these little girls ain't going to know how to cook, so I don't want you out there starving. You coming for me? Because I felt like that was a person. This is before <laughs> I knew you. That's what I told. No, because the way my mother raised my little brother, he didn't do chores because he had four older sisters. She was like, tell your sister to fix you something to eat. Tell your sister to clean the kitchen and all this other kind of stuff. And me and her actually got in an argument over there. I said, so what is he going to be able to do when he get out your house? If his sister's doing everything. I was like, when I had him, he going to know how to cook. He going to know how to clean. He going to know how to take care of himself. I taught him how to do oil change, change his tire. Everything. You, We ain't going to be having all that because uh, he got to be self-sufficient. <laughs> and most of the time he is. As long as he listens, ain't that right? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was I was with you before you before you said as long as he listens. 
came out a couple of years ago, and it says, what does science say about having kids at the age of 18? Mm-hmm. So the first thing it said was, um, being a young mom can keep you out of trouble. Facts or you can't relate. I still got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was more, more slick with it, but... Uh... Oh, I'll never forget. Oh, this is the most embarrassing thing ever. So, I had, we had moved to Virginia. I had my car shipped from California to Virginia. And um, I was taking it to go get admission so I could register it in Virginia. I was literally a half a block. I could see the gas station right there. And I get pulled over. Cop. He was like, do you know your place is boop boop boop? I was like, yes, I'm going right there to get emissions and then I'm going to do it, right? And so he gave me a fix-it ticket and when, as soon as I saw the date, I said, oh, I'm not going to be here. He was like, you better be there or else. I was like, whatever. So I called the court and to get a new uh, court date, right? Mm-hmm. So I get a new court date in the mail. It was like, your court date such and such, such and such. So my son is having a sleepover with his friends at my house. And um, there's a knock on the door at like 9 in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> My son comes to me and he's like, Mom, police at the door. I'm like, Why the police at the door? I was like, You open the door? <laughs> we don't open the door for the feds. <laughs> we don't open the door for the police. I, I didn't told you this. We don't do that. And so uh, I was like, Tell him I ain't here. And he was like, yeah, I know you. <laughs> I said, let me go get my mama. I said, <laughs> snitching. Anyway, so I'm thinking it was because I was going through a divorce at the time. I'm thinking they at telling me about my ex-husband. He didn't die. Hopefully, oh, now that ain't happening. So the police say, uh, you were supposed to, we got a failure. We got a award for your arrest for failure to appear. I said, I go to court tomorrow. Literally, my court date was the next day. Right. I was like, what you talking about? I go to court tomorrow. And it was like, no. So then here go a warrant. And I showed them the paper that I go to court the next day. It was like, nope. And so I was like, can you not arrest me in front of my kids? And, wow. and they said. And so, uh, so my boyfriend takes them around the corner, and I get arrested <laughs> for a for a fix-it ticket. So when I go to the jail, the officer said, this officer must really have something. Don't nobody get arrested for this? Wow. So I spent two hours in jail. Cause couldn't even get bail because it was $50. I can't. I can't. I really can't. Okay. So I spent two hours because my boyfriend had to convince the bail moms man to take Because he was like, I can't bail her out for $50. Right. So I get out two hours later, and my son looking at me like, "Dang, you got arrested! I saw you go in that police car." <laughs> I was like, "They're not gonna let nothing go. He right. called you out on it." Yeah, he was like, "What you do?" I was like, it's oh a my God. "So I go to court the next day, and they was like, yeah, we throw that out.'" Wow. And I'm like, "Dude, you got me arrested." And where was this? In Virginia, in Tyson's Corner. Never lived there. <laughs> That might explain a couple of things. You should have sued. <laughs> For two hours? 
getting erect. So, Emotional damage. So, I mean, I still got PTSD. I, I think I was just clever with most of the time not getting caught. That's one. Or you just knew you couldn't get in no big trouble because right. you had a baby to take care of. Right. So you know, but you. I was still busting windows out of people's cars and throwing bricks through his daddy's wife's car and all that kind of But, like, oh, wow. I was. Are you admitting the crimes? What are you doing? <laughs> Hey, it's a statue of limits. That was 20 years ago. And I can't go to jail now. <laughs> so, hold on, Tyree. Y'all were so close. Did you? Are you claiming not to know about any of these things? I do not know about any criminal events that have taken place <laughs> involving Miss <laughs> Cotton over there. So, another thing from the article, it says, you are probably single and will stay that way at the age of 18. I mean, I had boyfriends, but I mean, I did get married when he was seven, but that didn't last too long because my, that's another thing about my childhood. My mom chose her husband over me. Mm. Um, when we went to court, she always stood on his side and not on my side. And so I always said, no man will come before my child, period. Go mm. so, or whatever. <laughs> so... For one of the primary, <laughs> you had to learn a lesson in that. But anyway, uh, the primary, it? the primary reason why I divorced my ex-husband is because I didn't want to. I was being put in the position to choose my child or him, mm. and I didn't want to be put. In the um, that is not uncommon. Do you feel like that was? right like there weren't anything there wasn't anything that you could work out in your marriage without you like you don't feel like childhood trauma you know rush that situation no no you because at the, because at the end of the day a man can be replaced my child can never okay and so my child's mental health and mental well-being is more important to me than anything like i said my primary goal is to make sure he had the best childhood possible now did i make some mistakes mm -hmm. yes i was growing up i was learning we can only parent the way that we saw or was parent mm -hmm. parented right and we have to learn how to first we got to recognize it right why are we parenting the way we're parenting then we have to once we recognize that we have to heal from it mm -hmm. and learn from it and so yeah. as i got older my parenting has changed my son says I'm soft with my little one, but I've learned different things. Plus, they're two different. Soft. <laughs> they're, plus, they're two different kids. Soft. Now, Tyree, going back to you said, except one time. Before we get to the story, did you feel like you you knew that if your mother ever had an encounter with anyone, that it was going to be she was going to choose you over them? Like, did you feel that, or is that something that you weren't necessarily aware of because you were just young? And then if you did know it, did you ever use it to your advantage? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. No, nah, not really. I didn't really know, you know what I'm saying, when I was a kid. Okay. But I never did nothing that didn't make sense. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so let's, let's go ahead and get to that story, Tyree. You said except one time. So what happened? How old were you and what happened? I was like probably eight. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was at the, mommy was at work. I was at the crib. 
and I'm feeling the orange, but the orange is like tough. So I had to go get it. I went to go get a butter knife to like start the peel. You know what I'm saying? So he comes in, he's mad or whatever. He's mad because he and got a knife? I don't know why he's mad, but he just comes in hot. Like he comes in on tear. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm eating the orange. She's like, why are you using a knife? I said, because I can't start the peel. I ain't got no nails. So he like, you, you can't use a knife. I said, what? Like, I cook. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't use a knife? So he like, man. So he makes me, he puts the knife in the sink. So then he leaves. So I go grab the knife back. Because I'm like, he tripping. Like, I'm trying to eat this orange. I need the knife. So he come back in. You know what I'm saying? I got the knife, like, laying on the floor. I'm eating the orange. He's like, you use the knife? I said, yeah. I need to use the knife to eat the orange. So he got all, he, he got all, like, he was like, go to your room. I can't wait till your mom get back. He did da 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 I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, my mom's not gonna whoop me for using the knife for an orange. Like, you tripping. Right. Man, so, like, then he come, come in the room and, like, run up on me. So then I'm like, all right, so we from the box. Like, what's going on? Like, so he like, oh, you you think you bad? You think you big and bad? Wait till your mom get home. I'm like, all right. Wait till she get home. So... I'm at the crib like, yo, yeah, wait your mama get home. You finna be out of here, my boy. Like, you tripping. <laughs> then she gonna say, she gonna talk to her on the, bal- on the balcony. And then she gonna come to my room and then whoop me. I said, whoa! Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, I said, how I get whooped? She talking about because you barred your fist up to him. I was threatened. What was I supposed to do? That's what I know what to do. That's what I was taught. If somebody come at you in a threatening position, you prepare yourself for the what's going to happen. I mean, did you teach that lesson, Dre? Yes. Well, However, I mean, okay. So, were you, were you in the wrong in that moment? So what he yes. what what he don't know. So the reason why I whooped him and what he fails to understand is. He is a child. Mm-hmm. And I've always told him, you don't fight adults. That's my job. You mm-hmm. fight the kids, I fight the adults. I can't, but okay. <laughs> okay. That's why I always told him, we're going to be back to back. I got that. You got yeah, that, right? right? So when he bucked up to him, he put himself in danger. Mm. Okay. Because that nigga was crazy. He was going to lose that fight. <laughs> He was about to lose the fight. <laughs> Tyree still had the knife. Oh my goodness. That's why he didn't I was stabbed him straight in his penis. <laughs> that's what I was did. that tall. He, that's how tall he was. How short he was? How short he was, yeah. But, so, what, he didn't tell that part. He had the knife. Like, the way you just laid that out, he put himself in, in danger. danger. Right. So, the lesson that when I whooped him, which he didn't say, I said, and I've taught him that since he was that age. And I taught, we had other lessons about the same subject as I told him, sometimes as a man, you have to know when to walk away. You don't put yourself in a situation where it could be volatile. You have to look at your competition. Dude was six foot three. He four foot He would have lost that fight. Eight years old. I would have stabbed him to death. With a knife. A plastic knife. A butter knife. Talked about. I would have stabbed him to death. So what he doesn't know is. Many kung fu movies I've seen. <laughs> what he doesn't know is, I cuss 
my ex-husband out royally. Mm. I told him, don't he ever mm. go to my son again. If you got a problem with my son, you call me first. You don't, no discipline, no nothing. Because I, I did tell him, I said, that's silly. He he can cook. He He's okay to hold a knife. I trust him. He was cooking at three on, with a gas stove. Like, he wow. all right. He ain't burned down the house and he ain't got burned. He good. I don't need you to be policing like that. So, what he don't know is that I got in arguments with him all the time about mm. him. But he wasn't supposed to see that. Exactly. So, it wasn't that... I chose... What he him. don't know is that I had the knife under the pillow every night. Because I was going to kill that man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was going to kill that so man. That's, that's the thing. And I and I always told my son, I said, don't worry about adult battles. I got this. I don't... If I can't handle it, I got a brick that can. Don't worry about mommy because I don't never fight a queen anyway. I fight dirty. So okay, don't worry Harris. about this. Okay. So... But that was the lesson that I was trying to teach him. Right. Not that I was choosing dude over. Tyre was in the right. He can use a knife, right. whatever. But he put himself in danger. Right. And I didn't want to come home. And what if that man would have knocked that, would knocked him through the wall? Right. Now I got to kill him and take Ty to the hospital. You understand what I'm saying? You trying to get me to go to jail. Right. You would have been up. Wasn't there another situation where Ty was a little bit older? Um... Well, let me, let me, before I get there, let me just say this. So, I remember having a conversation with my boyfriend mm-hmm. about my, my son Bishop, who's only five right now. I don't know why, we, I think he was even a baby when we had this conversation. But he was basically saying that, you know, he, he is prepared to have to lay our son out yes. if he ever was to, you know, buck at us. Yes. Me in particular, yes. or him, yes. and you know this is my first child, so I'm just like, what do you mean? Lay He's him a baby. He's out. so sweet. Like, why would you ever think that you would need to lay our child out? And he's like, listen, there is a a day where boys think that they are men and they will try you. He said, and that is the day that you are going to want me to step in, and you know show. They my start man smelling, strength, basically. They yes. start smelling themselves. Exactly. Yes. So my question to you is, um, has that ever happened? You was what, 16? When? When Todd did that in the kitchen. Um, I was, yeah, probably like 16. So I was with my ex. This is my boyfriend. Tyree was about 16. And my boyfriend was 6'4", 2-something, like. 230 or whatever. Tyre was tired. I think we was in the kitchen, so I think he had to wash dishes, and he was talking back because he was like, he didn't dirty them dishes. And it's like grown people. Why y'all can't do it yourselves? Oh, my goodness. Tyre has always had a mouth. Mm. That's why his lips big, because I got a reflex. I be backhanding them in his mouth all the time. He always (laughs) had a mouth. He's the miniature me, so I know how to deal with miniature me. He's got to backhand him sometimes. But... He, my boyfriend, now, my ex loved Tyree. He mm-hmm. known him when he was 10 or 9 going on 10, and he was 16. He loved him, loved him like his son. They still really close to this day, mm-hmm. even though we're not together. So this was out of straight love. This was not on some, you got to choose between me and him. It was never like that. So Tyree bucked up like he all this fist and was like, like this, right? Mm. My ex picked him up, 
by the by the shirt, pulled him up like that, and put him down on the ground. And that was the lesson I said, Tyree, you can't write a check that your ass can't cash. I'm going to need you to learn to walk away. Mm-hmm. I would have won that fight, too. <laughs> what did he say? How would you have won that fight? You was like 5-1. <laughs> I, I would have held my own. <laughs> Tyree, I don't know if this is a lesson that you learned yet. Like, you Did you learn it? Actually, he did because actually, as he has, you know, when he was little, he was always the fighter. He was the littlest one fighting everybody. Like, and it wasn't even his fights. He would fight for other people, like his stepbrothers or something. He'd be like, Mommy, he can't fight. That's why I was fighting. I was like, But you, the smallest. (laughs) But as he's gotten older, he's telling me that he's breaking up fights and he's Mm. telling people to walk away or he walks away. But I think he has learned the lesson because I think he told me one time he was on a basketball court, right? And he was about to get into it and he just walked away. Right. And, you know, and that's what you need to do because God forbid, I always tell my son, if something happened to you, just be prepared for Jihad not to have a mommy because I'm going straight DC sniper on everybody. Wow. And I'm going out like old dog. One thing that you haven't talked about um, which single moms are kind of also associated with are sacrifices. Are there any sacrifices that you feel like you had to, you know, endure being a young mom, raising this young man? I don't really see it as sacrifices. I always saw my child as an extension of me. Mm-hmm. I got to eat, he got to eat. <laughs> I'm going somewhere, he going to go somewhere. Um, so I don't really see that sacrifices. When I stopped going on tours because I was like, okay, he's seven. I need to be home more. I wanted to be the stay-at-home mom where every time he came home, I was there. You know, I ditched a lot when I was in high school. I wanted to make sure he didn't have a safe place to ditch. <laughs> Although he ditched a lot, as I'm finding out later when he started. <laughs> I wouldn't call it ditching. What would you call it then? I would call it taking advantage of free opportunity. Really? That's what you call it? Yeah. None of them cost him to... time to get it i ain't gonna lie i mean it took 18 years to get it we i graduated college when he the same month and year that he graduated high school so we had that graduation together we took graduation pictures um but yeah i never thought it was a sacrifice now he says Mm -hmm. that he doesn't want to have kids right now because he saw the sacrifices i made and he not built like that so can you tell me about that what do you mean by that? What sacrifices? What do you think I sacrificed? Um, the social life sometimes. I think you sacrifice that. Um, like 
expensives definitely sacrifice that. Because she gave you everything? Is that what you mean? Like, yeah, you facts. Yeah. Now, you were big on traveling. Did you travel with Ty? Ty traveled more than me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, seriously. He was, he was traveling by himself cross-country when he was like five um, on planes. And then he was one of those kids that that when people be like, "Can I take him somewhere?" I'm like, and as a single parent, I'm like, "Packing this stuff." Here you go. Oh, oh, got you. Got nah, you, got I'm you, like, go. no, they wasn't strangers. I mean, well, one, well, no, she wasn't really a stranger. She was his tutor, and she was like, "I want to take him to Six Flags." But they all loved him, right? They, so he was one of them kids that you know weasels his way into everything. So he traveled. <laughs> More than me, but we did drive cross country all the time. Um, spring breaks, we're going to different places so we can do amusement parks all that week. Um, we vacation about six times a year, and I really didn't care about bills. I was like, we going on this trip. <laughs> what's gonna happen when we come back? My favorite. What's my favorite saying, Tyree? I'll figure it out. We figure it out. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> Look, we come back. Lights the, off, the lights might be off. But we had fun. We had a good time. We had a good time, you know, but we'll be back on in a minute. <laughs> no, but that's pretty amazing that you graduated college at the same time that your son graduated high school. Um, you know, he would, I would give him the car because I don't like waking up, so... I would give him the car, and he would he would drive himself to school, and I would ride the bus to school. Last two years of high school, he was a latchkey kid because he was doing what he wanted to do. Me too. Shout out to all the latchkey kids. But I think that's a that's another point I want to make make though because when he was in high school, I made sure that he had the freedom to go to parties, to go experience things. Because my thing is, I didn't want him to go to college and be all willy-nilly because he never did anything. Right. Like you most know? parents try most to Most parents to... are so strict mm -hmm. to their kids while they're in their house. And then when they get out there, they become the biggest hoes on earth or just reckless because they don't know it. So by the time he got to college, you know, in high school, I didn't know he was going to college parties. I'm thinking he's going to, with friends. Right. right. But by the time he I got... I wasn't going with friends. <sighs> To the college party. <laughs> so, but by the time he got to college and living on campus, it wasn't a big deal for him to go out. Right. It wasn't a big deal for him to be around alcohol. He right. he not out there getting smashed. Mm -hmm. But um, it's it wasn't all those things wasn't like oh I gotta try it because I never did it. Right. So it was one thing to have that experience, and that that was my childhood too with my grandparents. I didn't have a curfew. Um, and you felt like that benefited you? It benefited me because that, I guess that's why I feel like I didn't miss out on anything when I had him because mm -hmm. I did a lot. You know, I was I was trifling as a teenager, but I did, <laughs> I did a lot. So I didn't really feel like I made any sacrifices because I felt like I did it. I still went on tour. I still went to. I used to throw clubs, so throwing it's not like I didn't go out. So a lot of things he don't know what I did while mm -hmm. he was asleep or while he was with his daddy. But you still lived your life. Basically. I still live my you didn't life. Have to 
you know. Right. The only thing I didn't experience until I went to until he graduated high school and I went to grad school was live by myself. So I've never lived by myself as an adult. Until he How long that lasts? It lasted six months. <laughs> and how old were you? I was 36 when I got pregnant. <laughs> and then, it started all over and then when he came home for Christmas break, I told him he was going to be a big brother. And he said, I'll let you out the house one time. <laughs> one time I turned my back on her. And you come back pregnant. <laughs> I felt so, I felt more embarrassed as a 36 year old pregnant than I did at 18. Wow. Because he was just like, I'll let you out the house one time. I said, who the parent here? I said, how you have a baby before I do? <laughs> I'm the one, I'm the one off, off to school by myself. You had a, you having a baby. Wow. That's crazy. I know that we need to wrap it up. Um, like I said, we could probably talk for hours about y'all's relationship. I've been in the car with you, Dre, and your son calls you three, four, five times a day. So, I mean, I understand he says he's not a, a, a mama's boy, but I do love that, you know, I can see how close y'all really are. I don't talk to nobody every One thing that I did want to ask you, Ty, is what do you think is the biggest uh, gift mama gave that you feel like your mother gave you? Or jewels. What's some jewels I dropped down? It's the rock. Ethel. We haven't established this. That is the best advice you can give anybody. As it comes full circle. F them, y'all. F them. So, any last words from either one of you? I just feel like 1010 is like a, a blessed date. Mm -hmm. And um, he he was a true blessing in my life. Like, I wouldn't be the person that I am now if I didn't have him. Like, if I was out in them streets. <laughs> Garbage. It would have been a wrap. <laughs> I think he knows that, you know, our our model for us is Road Dog since 96. And that's that's the true model between us because he always, oh, always going to be my ride or die. I'm always be his. And just your relationship as a parent, you you know, I always tell him I was a dictator. Now, and then I was a guidance counselor. Now we're friends. Right. right. And in that order. In that order. And um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to see him accomplish everything that he did. Well, that does it for today's episode, Surviving Dre. I hope you all enjoyed as much as I did interviewing these two beautiful souls. My next episode is a bit more personal as my mother and I sit down and chat about our relationship. I don't believe our struggles are uncommon, but I do hope it sheds some light on other mother-daughter relationships in any way that it matters to you. My ST or surviving is tool for today's episode is a mom and pops online store called TuckerBellandCo.com. So that's T-U-C-K-E-R-B-E-L-L-A-N-D-C-O.com. I don't know how you all grew up, but mom and pop stores are the absolute best that has not changed. Um, I've chosen to support this store because it's a family owned New York based shop run by an incredible mother of two and her husband um, who supports his family in every way possible and I just love their values and the energy that they put out in the world. The owner happens to be my best friend but it doesn't make it any less true. 
So before going on Amazon or Target, mothers, fathers, humans, go shop on her store first and pin the site for future returns. Let me know what you guys thought of today's episode on my new Facebook page, Natasha Denise underscore surviving-ish. Till next time, peace.